Welcome to That's So Romantical. We are two sisters that love to discuss all the romantic things from books to movies and more. We just love talking about love. Okay, Heather. So next month, one of our favorite authors has a new book coming out that we know it's this month. Is it this month? Yes. September. September. Okay. All right. September 28th. Her name is Stephanie Garber. You're the one who actually discovered this author and discovered this book. It was one of those books where you're like, stop what you're doing and you need to read this book (laughs) right now. Well, I actually learned about it from somebody I worked with. It was a teenager and she recommended it to me. She had recommended a book to me before and I didn't love it. So I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. know. I wasn't sure if we were book buddies or not. And so I decided to go ahead off of her recommendation. And I I read Caravelle, which is Stephanie's first book, uh, published book, came out in 2017. And I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. And then the other two books I read after that, Legendary and Finale, and loved them. So I can't remember if we read them together, Legendary and Finale, because I know I read Caravelle first. Okay, now you read Caravelle first, and then you told me you need to read it. So I started reading it and I needed you to coach me along a little bit in the beginning because I was a little bit confused and you didn't want to like reveal too much. And so I knew you were trying to hold back because there is this element of mystery and unknown because I was like, who do I need to pay attention to and stuff like that. So you always say, how much do you want me to tell you? (laughs) I'm like, not very much. Don't tell me very much. Well, once you spoil something from somebody, you can't unspoil it. So I was telling this to my daughter, Emery, who, who she and my younger daughter are reading the same series and Emery's a little farther ahead. And so she was revealing some things and I said, Emery, stop. You can't spoil it for her because it's once she hears something about a, a story twist, a plot twist or something that happens, you can't unhear it. And then it totally taints your reading journey, your experience. Yeah. And so I didn't want to reveal too much to you when you were reading Caraval, but I feel like Caraval is kind of, as I was reading it, I felt like Alice in Wonderland a little bit, like totally kind of lost. Like, what should I believe? Who's being real? And so I didn't want to reveal too much that would take you out of the story. Right. Hey, you know, it's interesting how you're talking about spoiling. Did you know grandma, she loved her romance books. Remember? And she, we, yeah. I think we talked about this before and she had like this little quilted cover that she put yeah. around her romance books. So she, we didn't see the <laughs> cover. And I don't know if I noticed or she told me, but grandma always read the last chapter of the book before she started. The book. What? what? Yes. And I remember she I told me never that. Do that. And I was like, grandma, how can you do that? She's like, I just have to see how it's going to end up. Oh my god. And then I can know and then I'm then I can read it. I thought that was so interesting because I'm complete opposite. I like to like you said the unknown and you're reading it to I'm reading it to find out how it's going to end. Right. Exactly. So I'm the same. And which is partially why I'm not a big rereader of books because the reason why I'm reading is a book is to find out how it ends. That's what's keeping me turning the pages. And so once I've figured out the ending I kind of have no desire to go back and reread the book unless it's something like Stephanie Garber's Caraville series where they're in that first book, you want to go back and read because now you know the ending, you know, you know, who is who, what's true and what's not. And so going back and rereading it, you kind of have a new experience. So there are some books where there's an exception to that rule. Right. It's not like you're reading it to know what's going to happen. You're reading to be like, how did I miss that? 
from a different perspective to see those clues to yeah. see the clues and and you know what to kind of tune into a little bit more so we loved the caravel series um one thing i liked about the caravel series i think is so unique and you don't normally get this with series is her books got progressively better usually with series there's a decline in it but with her series it got better the second book was better than the first book and I feel like the third book was even better than the second book. Um, okay, so when I was thinking about this, sorry to interrupt, but I was thinking about this as well. Like, which book of my, was my favorite? Caraval is my least favorite of the books. And then I was thinking Legendary and Finale are sort of are sort of tied. But then when I was going back to kind of reread some of the parts that I highlight, I think Legendary might be a little bit more of my favorite than Finale. So, but they're very close for me. Oftentimes, like the middle book in a series is kind of like mm-hmm. the quote unquote middle book of a series. We're just like, ugh, you know, you're right. just trying to get through the end. Whereas Legendary, which is the second in the series, is this really good book. And it didn't is, slow down at all. It didn't slow down. It's almost like that's that one is the peak of the series of the story. Like I liked Legendary one. because there was that aspect where Tella was engaged to Jax, and Jax was a fantastic character. And then third book was a lot, uh, had to do with their mom, I think, and um, the fates and which I still enjoyed, but I liked the relationship that she develops with Jax in book two and kind of the tension it puts on her relationship with Dante. Her book coming out this month is Once Upon a Broken Heart. And it's the story of Jax, Jax. who is a character in the Caravel series. Right. So it's a kind of a spin-off book. I wouldn't say that it's, I don't think it's going to be a, like a continuation of this series. I think it's supposed to be just sort of a companion book, which I'm really excited about because I actually did like Jack's character, even though he's considered to be a villain. And that's something that I think Stephanie does a good job at is her villains. And in fact, I think she said that the best villains are the ones that you secretly like. (laughs) which is true for me. I like to secretly like my villains and I'm always rooting kind of for them. Like I want them to have a redemption story. You know, there's something inside of them that deep inside that turns them good. But anyway, so I was really excited. As soon as I finished reading the the Caravel series, I was hoping that she would write a story about Jax. And so when she announced that she was, I was super, super excited. So some of the things that I love about her writing that I'm hoping will show up, we'll see in Once Upon a Broken Heart. One of the things I loved was she has the best dresses. You guys don't know this, obviously, but Heather is a fantastic artist. I always joke. I'm an okay artist. Oh, it's not true. I always joke that in line we were in heaven. And so I, because I think we were like, my family members are all like my best friends in heaven. And we were all like standing in line, be like, we're going to stand in line to get our different talents and stuff. And somehow like Heather stood (laughs) in the line (laughs) all these talents and I don't know where I was I must have been like confused or something I don't know maybe it was like going and getting snacks um <laughs> oh whatever the time or like when Heather was like in front of me and they're like we're out we're out of talents you give them all to Heather <laughs> oh, no whatever and I'll be like That's what's left on the list they're like oh I don't know maybe just being like talkative and <laughs> no you got great talents good friends a good leader Probably. you've got Awesome talents. They're like, you need to be the oldest in the family so that you can set a good example for the kids and <laughs> like, be their leader. Tell them what yeah. to do. <laughs> Keep them in line. 
yeah so anyway so heather heather is a very good artist and so i was reading caravel i think it was for like the second time and i said heather you have to draw these like i want to visualize i want to see these dresses i love them so much so i asked heather if she would draw these dresses as like a gift to me so i can see them and she did she sketched out all the dresses and they are so lovely we could even share them on our Instagram, Heather. Oh, we could. Them. I might need to redo them. Some of them I'm not happy with, but yeah, we can share those pictures if we want right. to. They're so okay. pretty. So I, I love agree. her dresses. I love the dresses. There's one that had flowers. That was my favorite. Yeah. So her dresses were great. And if you go onto Stephanie Garber's Pinterest page, it's so fun to see because she pins like dresses on there and kind of like things that she used. You can tell she kind of uses like her probably visualization inspiration mm -hmm. so it's real cool to go onto her pinterest board and kind of see what she's pinning so that's one thing i love i love the dresses the costumes so maybe hopefully they'll show up in our next book what's well, something that you like of, speaking of pinterest boards i think she pinned a character for jacks i think it was one of her jacks characters which i pinned on my pinterest board as jacks so i feel like we were in line in our brains we had an idea of what jacks looked like um, she did say, actually, though, that kind of one of her inspirations for Jax was from Vampire Diaries, the Klaus character, which I could totally see. I can see him making a good Jax character. Oh, so what was your question for me? Things about Stephanie's writing? I absolutely adore her kiss scenes. I think that she's excellent at writing kiss scenes. And I think it's this philosophy that she had. Well, Amber and I attended a Zoom writing workshop, writer's workshop. Now let's make it very clear that Amber and I are not writers. We are readers, but we happen to attend this one writing workshop where Stephanie was one of the coaches or teachers. And something that she said was that she likes to make her kiss scenes like a battle scene and that she likes to make the battle scenes kind of like a kissing scene. And she's really good at doing this in her writing, which I think makes her kiss scenes so much more tense, so much more emotion. And then battle scene, when I was trying to think of an example of like a battle scene, like a kissing scene, when she kisses Jack. So it's a kissing scene, which is also a battle scene because their first kiss is like epic. But at the same time, there's so much more to it. One of my favorite scenes is in Legendary when Dante comes and visits her. Uh, she's getting fitted for some new dresses and he comes and he visits her and they're talking and they're not kissing at all. And it's, it reminds me of kind of like the battle scene that she's talking about. They don't really, they're not kissing, they're talking, but it's also very intimate. And just with the words that she uses makes it feel as though they should be kissing right now instead of talking. So I think that's something that she's really good at. Like heavy flirtation. Which is interesting because when she was writing Caravel, she actually wasn't planning for it to be a romance, that there was not going to be any kissing. And so eventually, though, it evolved and it did turn into a romance, which I'm so glad that it did. But I thought that that was really interesting that that kind of wasn't, she wasn't really planning on making it a love story. And then even with Dante, she wasn't planning on making him be a character. Well, actually with Julian and Dante, Julian wasn't supposed to stick around in her, in her first couple drafts, I think, then he ends up being kind of a main character and same with Dante. He was supposed to just be a, I think just a cameo character that comes on and doesn't stay. Um, but because I guess she had a lot of people really liking Dante that she had him stay. 
So I just think it's so interesting that the final product was different maybe than what she had originally anticipated for this book. Yes, she writes really good male characters. And she writes really good female characters too. And here's the thing I like about her characters. Her characters have flaws. We don't get a lot of Tella in the beginning, but when I got Tella, I was like, who is this girl? Like she's flighty. Didn't really like her very much. But as you, you see how she kind of evolves and then she kind of grows on you and you kind of like her. Sometimes when you have characters who are so perfect and like everything is fine, like that's annoying. It's not real. Like everyone has flaws. And so I like it when authors can use those to make them either relatable or more real, or you can see like that character arc, the things that they Mm -hmm. go to, to either improve their situation or to manage what they have or rise above despite that or whatever. Anyway, so I like that, that her characters have more depth. Well, and a lot of the love interest characters in these, in this book have that mysterious quality to them and kind of that villain feel. So when we first meet Julian, we're kind of uncertain about him. We're given clues that maybe he's not completely who he says he is. And then of course you're wondering, is he legend? You, you know, you're wondering all these things about him, about Julian, what are his intentions? Does he actually truly care for Scarlet or not? So there's that mystery around Julian and then Dante is introduced and he also has this mystery well, and Jax, obviously, who is kind of cast as the villain, he's got backstory to him and he's super interesting. But even some of the side characters have a little something that make you think, huh, I wonder what their backstory is, what their side story is. Like there's the the fortune teller who has the tattoos all over him. There's the character who plays Scarlett's fiance. So there's lots of these side characters that they don't feel one-dimensional props that are put placed in the story. They actually feel like they have depth to them, almost like a shady depth to them a little bit. Like, I like that. The story of Caravelle, when I envision in my head, the colors are dark and rich and it's not like a shiny, bright situation in my mind. It has almost that mysterious, it's kind of a game. This whole book is set up about a game And so you don't know what's real and what's fake. And so you're kind of like on the edge. Like the ultimate murder mystery dinner or something. So one of the things I like about Stephanie Garber is her scene setting description. She puts us into this world, the visualization of where they're at. I think she did a really good balance because sometimes authors give you too much. They describe the scene way too much. And I think she did a, the right balance. Enough where I can visualize it because it's a whole new, it's a whole new situation. It's a new scene. Enough where I can build it in my mind. And then, then she got to the plot and to the characters interacting and stuff. Um, like if they're in a village or if they're in a ballroom or if they're just little scenes here and there. I thought she did a really good job to give me enough where I can visualize it, but not too much where I felt bogged down in her creating this world. And of course I have some favorite scenes. There's a scene on the steps and there's a scene by a fountain or there's a scene in an elevator. Yeah, I agree. Lots of great scenes, lots of great kiss scenes as well. So do we want to talk about Jack? I mean, he wasn't a main character. He was kind of a side character, but what about Jack's is it that made us so excited to have a spinoff? 
Well, I think you love Jax more than I love Jax. But Jax was intriguing because he is a villain, but you kind of feel bad for him because <laughs> he's in search of trying to find his true love. And he's a, almost like a cursed character, but he definitely has like the charm. I thought that his kiss with Tella, that first kiss that they had, there was a spark there. I mean, she was totally affected, but of course he's the Prince of Hearts meant for girls to kind of just fall in love with him and that kiss that he has with Tella is consuming but also kind of damning because it sort of curses her but it makes you feel sad because for Isa felt sad for him because I, I do feel like he was becoming attached to Tella and maybe even falling in love with her but then she chooses someone else in the end and I wanted I just wanted to have a little bit more of Jax I liked his kind of cocky personality. I'm excited to see what will happen with him in Once Upon a Broken Heart. I kind of want him to keep up that villain reputation, but also show a little bit of his soft side too. So you're still waiting for that redemption story? Well, yeah, I think he had a little bit of that in, in this first series. So it's the little clues that make me feel like he can. He can have a redemption story. And I think that this book, Once Upon a Broken Heart, it's going to have lots of kissing scenes. I think Stephanie had said that there was going to be kissing in that book. So I'm excited about that. I was able to listen to some of that seminar that you were talking about. One of the things I think she said, she's always trying to think of how she can get her characters in an, a compromising or confined situation. Basically, like either we can get out of the situation or we can just make out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she said that, but that was pretty much what I was saying. You know, but that That's tension, basically like, what you got out of it. Yeah. Where they're forced in these, in these situations where there's going to be lots of tension, or you can even say like sexual tension or flirtation tension. Like I love those scenarios when they're just forced into that. So I'm looking yeah, forward to she, some of those. She, like I've said, I love all of her kiss scenes. And I think it's, it's this philosophy that she has where a kiss scene needs to be more than just a kiss scene that makes them so great. And she said, you kisses need to feel like they're going to come back and bite you. You know, like there's going to be a cost to this kiss. I'm going to do it anyway. And she said that kisses are an exclamation point. Instead of just being like a, a period, they become an exclamation point. They should cause even more trouble and create more problems almost when there's kisses. So I like that. I like that the kisses is not just a kiss. It might mean something more or lead to something else. Which would be good for this book with... Once Upon a Broken Heart, because Jack's his character, his kisses are a problem. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> if he kisses a girl, he curses her, right? If he kisses right. a girl, she's supposed to die. Right. And so that's that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. But I'm so curious to see how, based off of that character and that situation, what's going to come of it. So what I'm interested in when we read Once Upon a Broken Heart, if I had not read Caravelle, would I have light once upon a broken heart as much so that's what i'm curious about could i just have jumped in on that mm-hmm. or if it's nice knowing kind of this other part of his story we'll have to see well i'm curious i haven't actually read a whole lot about once upon a broken heart and i don't know if it happens after Carol takes place or before i guess i was assuming it would take place after but i suppose there's a chance it could take place before basically it. it was like Stephanie Garber's writing another book. Check. I will get it. 
and that yes. was it. I haven't <laughs> looked into it all done. No, no questions asked. Mark your calendars for September 28th. Get your hands on Once Upon a Broken Heart. We can learn more about Jax, the Prince of Parts. All right. Well, thanks. Talking about Stephanie Garber. It's always fun to have a book to look forward to. And we're so close. Do you want to read it at the same time? Maybe. That might be kind of fun. We'll have to read, if not at the same time, we'll read it probably very close together and then we can talk about it. Yes. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.